Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 41, where we're discussing Dave from season 2 of Lost. You wouldn't happen to have my slipper, would you? Thank you. Oh, man. You got peanut butter on it. Okay, look. I know you're freaking out right now, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but gonna get a little worse before it gets better. Worse? Yeah, kinda. You ready, dude? You remember that night you closed that window on me? You remember what you did after that night? Yeah. I realized you were imaginary. Mm-hmm. And that was a breakthrough. And a little while later, Brooks let me out, and I went home to live with my mom, and I got my job at Mr. Cluck's back, and I got better. Okay, good, great, yeah. Except, see, here's the thing. Uh, None of that ever happened. What? You're still at Santa Rosa, man. You never left the hospital. That's not possible. It's hard, I know. But, I mean, all this, you, me, this island, that peanut butter, none of it's real, man. None of it's happening. It's all in your head, my friend. The second you closed that window, your brain popped a gasket. You went back into your little coma thing, and that's where you are right this very second. In your own private Idaho, inside Santa Rosa. Well, I had my mom, my friend Johnny. I won the lottery. Whoa, wow. Awesome, dude. What numbers did you play? Leonard's numbers, right? From the hospital, what a coincidence. You uh, seen him around anywhere else? The hatch? Bingo! The hatch. With the button that you gotta push every 108 minutes or the world ends. Oh, 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 and and what's the code for the button? Oh, yeah. The numbers. But I got better. I changed. Changed? What, are you kidding me? Take a look at yourself. You've been on a deserted island for over two months and you haven't dropped 10 pounds. How is that even possible, man? I just destroyed my stash. I've been exercising. Libby says it won't happen overnight. Right, right, Libby. The mega cute blonde chick who magically appeared from the other side of the island. Oh, oh, oh yeah. And who just happens to have the hots for you. 
Let's take a walk. So this is all in my brain? Every rock, every tree, every tree frog, even me. The real me, the one they told you was imaginary, he went out that window, man. Right now, he's probably bouncing from hot chick to hot chick. Unlike me, who's really you, who's got more important things to do. So I'm making you up. Well, sorta. I'm part of your subconscious, man. All the people on this island are. What part of me are you? I'm the party that wants to wake up, man. Follow me. This is it, dude. It? The big finale. The answer to all your problems. A way for you to wake up. Snap out of it. I don't want to kill myself. Who said anything about killing yourself, man? This is gonna bring you back to life. The only way for you to bust out is to tell your mind that you don't believe any of this. So, if I... All this will be gone. I'll just wake up. That's right. And when you do wake up, Come find me. I'm sure I miss you. Seen another life early. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 41 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And we are discussing Dave from season two of Lost, a Hurley-centric episode. And let's jump right into it. All right. This, this is a, a great episode of... Uh, a very different episode from a lot of the Lost episodes, mm. too. Just totally different feeling and uh, just very unique. So let's let's jump right into it. Okay, what, yeah. What's the first thing you had? Um, the first thing I had was, um, like I told you before, I kind of write these things as I see them. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the first things that was actually um, on the episode was Hurley kind of having a breakthrough with his food. Right. Um, and this goes, I mean, to me, this goes all the way back to whenever he didn't want you know, anything to do with the food to begin mm-hmm. with. He, you know, he didn't want to, he didn't want to distribute it. He didn't want to have to take care of it or anything like that. It was just, he, he was, he didn't want the food. Well, obviously he lets Libby in on his little secret that mm-hmm. he has a huge stash of food. A bit of a ranch problem. Yeah, <laughs> a bit. Yeah. Uh, which I just thought it was kind of funny that when Sawyer caught him, he's like, has a, like a shelf life of seven years after it's opened at room temperature. I'm like, uh, huh. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like some like Dharma stuff. <laughs> like synthetic yeah, ranch or no something. Kidding. But but so he has all this stuff and then he has this breakthrough and he starts, you know, throwing all this food out onto the ground and I laughed when I was watching. I told my wife, I said, Oh, that's great. It's gonna be a polar bear. Yeah. That's gonna come. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, but but yeah, I thought it I thought it, that was kinda cool because um I mean, obviously this is something that Hurley has struggled with for quite some time and right. And uh, it was it was a good moment, um, but and then obviously that kind of has its spiral effect. But yeah. um, and then I thought it was just crazy how immediately after that 
you know, everybody's running and, you know. Yeah, yeah, pretty much like what I had was that, you know, this relationship starts to form between Hurley and Libby. And, of course, the first thing she does is try to get him exercising, <laughs> which was comical to me. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he tells her of his, you know, his problem and that it isn't his metabolism, that he's been hoarding food, mm-hmm. and, you know, all that stuff. And, and she helps convince him to get rid of his food stash. And it, you know, kind of seems to be the first sign of Hurley trying to overcome an issue in his past. Mm-hmm. Pretty much up to this point, he'd just kind of been like lighthearted Hurley. Right. Oh, yeah. And now we're starting to see something of, you know, at least something from his past that he was trying to overcome. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, like you said, just as he's trying to give up his food stash, you know, everyone is ransacking the food drop that, that landed in the last episode. And I noticed that Charlie asked if anyone noticed a plane mm-hmm. last night. And I um, mean, you know, of course, her, or, uh, Sawyer makes some, you know, smart aleck remark about it. And, yes. and uh, so clearly, you know, no one knows how this food was dropped there. Right. So, and I, if it were something flying overhead and dropping it, you'd think you would have heard it. Yeah, definitely. That's I, I put a, you know, a little comment about that. I was like, no, I saw the plane. I didn't hear the mm-hmm. plane. You know, I mean, like this thing just seems like it just kind of mysterious, you know, dropped out of thin, you know, yeah. just out the air with no, nothing dropping it. You right. Know? Yeah. And of course, you know, just like many other people on this island, it seems again like Hurley is being given an opportunity to decide whether or not he's going to, um, you know, commit to doing, you know, to staying away from the food mm-hmm. or if he's going to give in and, and go back to what he was before. Definitely. Yeah. So it, that's definitely another, you know, point, you know, where the island is kind of, you know, trying to make these people overcome these issues oh yeah but still presents them with the tests to make sure they're truly past those issues oh, definitely definitely yeah and the uh, next thing oh go ahead no i was gonna i was gonna say i mean um and then obviously that's where he sees dave right which freaked me out because i yeah i didn't know what it was i mean yeah. that's <laughs> random dude just staring so. right yeah he's you know standing there in the middle of the jungle in the midst of this crowd and you know hurley races after him um, but the guy loses a slipper and Hurley picks it up, which to me was like they're trying to prove to us very early on. You know, it seems like this guy is physically there. He's oh, yeah. not just imaginary. Definitely. Because here's here's a slipper. He's holding it and, you know, hiding right. it from Libby and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, here's a character bit about Hurley. In a flashback, you know, Hurley's talking to a psychiatrist and he, he says his mom put him into the hospital mm-hmm. because of an accident. And they talk about a guy named Dave and how he could be a negative influence on Hurley. Definitely. And we see this guy, Dave, is the guy that Hurley saw in the mm-hmm. jungle, which, which you already mentioned here. Um, so I guess I have it in a different one of my notes, but we can talk a little bit about this, you know, Hurley being in the, the hospital, right? talking to the psychiatrist. His mom had him put in there after this accident, which involved him walking out onto this um, deck Mm-hmm. And it collapsed and killed two people, right? Yeah, or something. And I, I, I've never really liked that. It like just seems so not interesting mm-hmm. compared to some of the other stuff they've told us on oh, the yeah. show. And yeah, surely they could have thought of a better reason. Yeah, for Hurley to to be in this mental institution than yeah. that. I mean, yeah, they wanted to do something related to his weight to show his struggle with it and all this stuff. But man, it seems like you could think of something better than this yeah. mental image of him walking onto this deck and like the thing <laughs> falls down, everybody's you know falls and yeah. I I just never really was very satisfied with that whole story. Yeah, it's kind of um, I don't know. There's 
it's kind of a stretch, I guess you just say, just kind of, a, you would expect there'd be some kind of huge story. And, uh-huh. and, and there was just, I mean, obviously if two people, you, you feel like you're responsible for killing two people that probably would yeah. have a pretty big toll on your life. Right. But it just seems like the obvious, you know, fat guy, traumatic event. Right. Right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the kids talking about, you know, the fat guy sitting on you when you're little <laughs> and stuff like that. And, well, they yeah. is ran with that idea and said, this, yeah. this will work. It's like two steps beyond the fat, you know, the fat kid <laughs> sitting on your story. So. But anyway, it yeah. doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, in the hatch, you know, the guy formerly known as Henry, mm-hmm. um, you know, tells him that the real Henry was dead already when he found him. Um, he was part of the search party and he was, um, you know, this Henry was hanging out of the basket with his neck broken. And uh, Saeed knows he's lying because, you know, the real Henry had written notes on a $20 bill, oh, yeah. you know, indicating that he had, did survive the crash. And so, you know, Saeed begins to ask him questions about the others. And, um, you know, not Henry says, you know, if I tell you about them, you have no idea what he'll do. Um, he tells them that the guy with the beard is no one. He's yeah, nothing. Yeah, so yeah. he's not important. And which we kind of figured already from, mm-hmm. from Claire's episode. Right. A couple episodes back. Yeah, he and seemed like he was a, maybe in a little place of authority, but definitely not, mm-hmm. you know, He's just kind man. of a, a bit player and, and the bigger bigger cast. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, Saeed is about to shoot him when he says, you cannot do this, I'm not a bad person. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's like you could look at that two ways. It's kind of like his last plea for his life, or it's almost like Saeed was violating a rule. Right. Like, yeah. you know, I'm a good person, so I'm not supposed to be able to die or you can't do this because I'm a good person. Right. And it's um, it never appealed or appeared that way to me before. But this time it did. But just the way he says it, it's like Saeed is violating a rule. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually I picked up on both both of those. I mean, mm-hmm. I and I also it also to me pointed I mean, if he's claiming the fact that he's a good person, mm-hmm. then he is insinuating that the group that he's with is not. Right. You know, not, I mean, not like siding them, but like the others. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, I'm a good person, you know. And if right. you just knew who I was, you wouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, you know I wasn't the problem. You right. know? So you're saying maybe that, you know, the others in general are bad, but he is good kind well, of I mean, I mean, from what I'm getting from him is that he, my, my theory in him right now is that he's left the group for whatever mm-hmm. reason that they right. were bad. They did something that he didn't feel was right. Right. And he, he escaped and he's on the run. And, um, you know, I mean, that's when I, and I feel like, you know, he, I, mean, I think he's probably comp, they've compromised something that he believed to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, so I just, that's kind of where I get with him. And I kind of felt like that's where he was going with that is that I'm a good right. person. You're fighting the wrong person, you know? Right. But yeah, that's a great point. Um, on the island, Echo can, is building a structure of some kind. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what it is, but he gets Charlie involved to help him out. Right. Uh, so I just made a note of that. Um, another thing about Hurley here, um, you know, Hurley gives in and he finds a box of these, you know, Dharma fish crackers yeah. and, and starts mowing down on, <laughs> on these uh-huh. crackers. And kind of seems like, I mean, he might just be hungry for the minute, but it looks like he's given in to his, you know, desires already. And uh, just then Dave shows up again and he proves that he is literally there and yeah. not just part of Hurley's imagination. And uh, in the flashback, you know, Dave continues to be a really negative influence on Hurley, trying to convince him to eat junk, you know, not take his medicine and even tries to get him to break out of the hospital. Right. Um, so, 
we start to get a little bit of backstory on this this Dave and how how he's kind of been tied into Hurley's psyche and it's almost like a manifestation of of Hurley's negative side mm-hmm. uh, in many ways which you we can kind of talk about how that ties into the whole episode at the end um but it was kind of a, a really revealing way of telling us more about who this Dave guy is yeah. or why he exists yeah definitely and um, let's see. Yeah, we talked about the deck and killing two people. And, and um, yes, yeah, so we can go past that for now. It was kind of interesting, though. I mean, well, probably wasn't really interesting, but it was. I think it was part of, like, the the director's or set manager's mm-hmm. way of playing with our heads on this one. But if you look, whenever he's in, his, in the room with a doctor, um, back behind him where he's sitting is a picture of an island. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's you know, right. It's like, Everything else is kind of dull around the whole room except uh-huh. for this picture of this island. Yeah. You know. Which is great, too, because, you know, if we fast forward to the end of the episode, it kind of plays into this idea of all of this stuff being concocted yeah. in Hurley's head. Exactly. everything related to this island that's happened can almost be tied back into something that's happened mm-hmm. to him while he's in the hospital. Yeah. My wife and I were talking about how, obviously, everybody in this island is connected some way. Right. So, what Dave was saying this whole time makes perfect sense. Right. You know. Yeah, that's what's so great about this episode. And we uh, definitely don't let me forget so we can kind of recap the entire episode and talk okay. about that, about just the overall effect of this right. episode. Okay. Um, but yeah, the doctor, you know, shows him this photo that was supposed to be of he and Dave together. Right. And of course, we find out for sure that Dave was this imaginary guy mm-hmm. in, in Hurley's life. That's interesting. Yeah, it's... Um, I mean, it makes perfect sense if Hurley has some mental issues that, you know, I don't know anything about that stuff. Right. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> I do do some psychiatry my part <laughs> time. But yes. But yeah, I mean, it isn't a big stretch to imagine Hurley having this kind of physical manifestation of like all of his demons. Right. You no. Know? Yeah. So that was okay. I mean, I didn't have any problem with that. Yeah, was, uh, the character of Dave was was pretty funny in a lot of ways. You yeah, know? but yeah. <laughs> the basketball scene after we found out Dave was fake made more sense. Uh-huh. You know, like they passed it to Hurley, but then passed it to you know to Dave. Right. You know, it's like because Dave wasn't really there. You know, yeah. they ended. You know, so I just at first I was just like I was laughing at him. I thought oh, this guy, why is he in there? Yeah, obviously he's a negative person, but mm-hmm. you know, but makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of those six sense things where you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah, right. They, sh- they give you little hints at yeah. the end that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So um, here's the kind of the big scene of the episode where, you know, Hurley finally gets to have a face to face chat with Dave. Right. And, you know, Dave tells him that he is really there and that Hurley is not imagining him. And um, let's see. So, you know, Dave tells him that the, the night that Hurley closed the window on him and refused to leave, um, he had this breakdown mm-hmm. and everything that has happened since then, you know, has been, you know, all in his head. Right. And, you know, all of this island, everything is part of a huge hallucination that Hurley is, you know, having. Right. And Dave makes a, you know, a couple of really interesting connections between Hurley's real life and, you know, past events. And, you know, the numbers from the asylum that Lenny kept repeating, you know, the cute blonde chick who happens to have, have the hots for him. You know, the fact that those numbers were used for the lottery and for the computer right. and they were engraved on the side of the hatch, all this stuff um, just really reinforces what he's saying oh, yeah. early and uh, says that all of the people on the island are part of his subconscious. And then, you know, he takes Hurley to this large cliff 
and tries to convince him to jump off and commit suicide, telling him that it would basically force his mind to wake up again right, yeah. by convincing it that he doesn't believe all of this is true. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Dave jumps off the cliff, you know, and, you know, Libby shows up. Right. And finds Hurley standing on the cliff and tries to talk some sense into him. You know, he tells her that he doesn't believe that any of this is real because in real life, a girl like him wouldn't like a guy like him. Right. And, um, or a girl like her wouldn't like a guy <laughs> like him. Yeah. <laughs> I get where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> and she gives him an example of something that she knows, you know, and experienced, but he has knows nothing about. Right. You know, proving that this is something, you know, that, that she's experienced, not just him. You know? Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it cannot possibly all be in his head mm-hmm. because she knows things he does not. And yeah. she gives him a little kiss and they walk away together. And as you and I discussed briefly, you know, as they're walking away, Libby's face changes almost like she drops into this like total state of despair. Mm-hmm. Like she's walking away and she's, she's been telling him all these things, but her face just kind of melts. And yeah. like, you know, it's really creepy. Yeah, it, really it is. freaks me out. Yeah, I noticed that right away, and I—I I mean, I thought, I—I I thought either she she knows something about Hurley mm-hmm. or about the island or about something, but whatever it was, it was like you said, despair. It was like it was just right, and it was it was really odd because you know she just got done saving Hurley's life essentially, you know, mm-hmm. and on, on the island, and then then this, you know, just I don't know, it was freaky. Yeah. Yeah, and we can talk more about that in a second. The next next scene, though, I wanted to talk about, if you didn't have anything else about this whole Dave conversation, which we'll probably so. go back and and talk about this whole idea of okay. this being in Hurley's mind at the end. Um, but the one I want to talk about next, we'll actually listen to a clip really okay. fast. Jack not back yet? Nope. He's telling everyone at the beach that we've got one of them. Something tells me people have a lot of questions about our house guest. I want to talk to him. I don't think that's on today's program. Well, I'll do respect to Anna Lucia, but I don't care what you think. Five minutes. I earned five minutes with him. your name your real name why don't you just keep calling me Henry we've gotten used to it did you get caught on purpose you and your people have been here for God knows how long and you got caught in a net God doesn't know excuse me God doesn't know how long we've been here, John. He can't see this island any better than the rest of the world can. May I ask you a question? What possible reason could I have for putting myself through all this? Maybe your people were looking for this place. This place? This place is a joke. John? What are you talking about? I crawled through your vents, and I stood at your computer, 
as the alarm beeped. And you know what happened? The timer went all the way down to zero. And then some funny red pictures flipped up in its place. They looked like hieroglyphics, but I'm no expert. And then things got real interesting. There was a loud clunking and a hum like a magnet, a big magnet. It was really very frightening. And do you know what happened next? Nothing happened, John. Nothing happened at all. Your timer just slipped back to 108. I never entered the numbers. I never pressed the button. You're lying. No, I'm done lying. So we have this, you know, really great scene here, mm-hmm. you know, where Locke tries to find out, you know, not Henry's real name and, you know, says to just keep calling, calling him Henry. He's gotten used to it. And, but he makes a couple of really interesting comments. One was about, you know, um, you know, Locke makes this comment about, you know, God only knows how long you all have been here. Right. Yeah. And he says, you know, you know, God doesn't know how long we've been here. And, right. you know, says, you know, God can't see this island any better than the rest of the world can, mm-hmm. which I do remember, you know, this really sparked the whole idea of, you know, or kind of fanned the flames of this purgatory idea, right. or this being like hell or something. Uh-huh. And I just wanted to see what you, your thoughts were about that particular comment. Um, I mean, I have it in my notes. It's, it's such a crazy comment, but like, um, I guess one thing that it, I guess the purgatory thing definitely does make sense, you know, through it. But one, mm-hmm. the thing that I was kind of going back to our, like, uh, um, um, I don't know, our matrix idea, you know, that, right. that this is something that's an internal battle rather mm-hmm. than a physical, um, uh, thing, um, kind of throws a little bit of light to that direction too, that, right. that this is something that's going on in each of their heads and they mm-hmm. are, they're linked together, but yet they are, they are living out individual lives in this, in this world, quote unquote, right. to try to work out the issues that they have, you mm-hmm. know, like each of them have their issues and each of them are being, you know, subjected to certain things that are going to test those problems. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's therapy and uh, right. it's very, ther- this, I mean, so far this island has been very therapeutic. Right. Um, so it points me in that direction that, I mean, yeah, Hurley had to face Dave again and Hurley had to face his food problems. And if, if Libby is, a, you know, going through the same thing, you know, we see at the end of this, uh, this whole thing where Libby's in the psychiatric ward as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. In her mind, nothing better would be for her to be able to be one that's helping rather than be one receiving help. Right. You know, it's like, you know, so it just, I don't know, to me, it kind of pushes me more to that direction. This is some type of therapy, mm-hmm. maybe not even in the physical sense that it's just a mental, a mental thing. You right. Know? Like a matrix therapy. Yeah. Kind yeah, of thing. Some, yeah. Something to that effect. Right. I do think that it, it definitely tells us, um, that for whatever reason, this Island is not visible. Yeah. To the outside oh, yeah. world, which really, um, opens up a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. I mean, about, you know, if, if this isn't, I mean, if it's not visible to the world, it it seems like it's not at, 
you know, a normal place on the planet. Right. Like it's not just like some hidden island somewhere. It's like not visible, period. Yeah, yeah not at all. Like even if they f- could fly over the thing, yeah. they wouldn't see it. Right. And and it makes you wonder, like I remember having theories when this episode, when I saw this episode about, you know, is this like on another planet? Mm-hmm. Is this somewhere out in space? Or are they not even on the world at all? Right. And, uh, you know, his comment really it opens up that possibility that that's a, that's a fair idea. Yeah. You know, that maybe the show is going that direction. And what's extremely difficult is after watching, you know, last night's that new episode in season five, is oh, yeah. they talk a lot about this, this exact topic. Oh, really? About, you know, where this island is and all of this stuff. Oh, wow. And I'm just dying to talk about it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I bet you are. But it's, it's amazing, though, how this episode actually talks a lot about, some of the same issues mm-hmm. that were just in last night's episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really great, it makes it so interesting. It's so much more interesting that this is not a normal place. Yeah. That this is somewhere that, you know, they couldn't get to if they want, if you know, the rescuers probably couldn't get there if they wanted to, mm-hmm. cause they can't see it. Yeah. I mean, my other, I mean the other, only other thing that could, and then it's like a, it's, it's almost like a, a joke to how they would have to do it but like if it Mm -hmm. were like a Truman Show type thing that it would be um, underground or right you know Mm -hmm. it seems like you're but all the elements are controlled that it's a set that's built like underground or something like that that they're on yeah just like the Truman Show it's a a giant dome or I mean we had the dome idea brought up in that comic Mm -hmm. book Walt was looking at so yeah I mean it's totally feasible that this is like an enclosed area that Mm -hmm. it's like an island surrounded by water for a really long distance right and you know they just happen to be in the middle of it right but yeah I mean there's there's so much interesting stuff there yeah it's it's crazy but then of course you know um, this guy formerly known as Henry says you know the hatch is a joke I guess Locke makes the comment that you know, maybe they were wanting to find this hatch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he says this hatch is a joke that he crawled through the vents and got to the computer and, the you know, the counter went down to zero and he saw the hieroglyphics and heard a loud hum like a very big magnet and then nothing happened. And so he never entered the numbers. The timer just reset to 108. And Locke says, you're lying. And he says, no, I'm done lying. So just tell me your thoughts on all of that. Uh, I mean, obviously it lends, you know, like to, I mean, to the idea that this is just a, something that's in their mind that they, like they're trying to, they're trying to set up elements for these Mm -hmm. people to have to go through. Like, I mean, I, you know, I definitely, for, for my sake, I, I I just feel like I believe Henry that he Mm -hmm. did stand there and watch it yeah, and it ticked down and did nothing, you know? Right. And, um, to lock that's not good news, you mm-hmm. know, cause I mean, that's his, it's his mission, you right. know? Uh, but Henry seems to be, I don't know. He definitely needs, seems to be someone that is definitely not like the others. Definitely not like the crashed people. Right. But kind of in this in between where he's just kind of stuck, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, but yeah, it's a cool element to the story because we have this, we have this group that's, you know, affecting, you know, our, our, people that crash there and we mm-hmm. have those and then we have henry that's kind of like forget all that yeah. this is you know and so it kind of opened up a whole different like thought process for me is like okay if you know if that that he he feels that way he probably has a fairly good insight to to what all this is yeah. you know yeah. yeah exactly like the things you know this hatch was a huge deal for the survivors to find and that's kind of like 
Henry, at least, you know, Henry is beyond that. Mm -hmm. He's way past that. He knows so much more than what these survivors know. And that hatch means nothing to him. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's really interesting because that does hint at what's to come and how much those people have to learn and experience on this Island. Oh, definitely. So, um, yeah, that was a wonderful scene. It really, I think it tells a lot in hindsight, it tells a lot. Um, and it's just, uh, creates a lot of excitement over the mysteries to come in the show. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it was, it was a great episode. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was a head game for sure yeah. the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Unless, well, the last point I had, and this will kind of kick off our discussion about the overall episode was, you know, of course we see, like you mentioned, Libby was in the same asylum as her. Yeah. And so if I could, you know, kind of put together what I'm thinking here. If we look at this idea, I'm sure the reason this episode was written is because a lot of the people had kind of formulated the idea that maybe this show was taking place all in somebody's head. Right. And I'm sure it was a response to that. Sure. Um, But if you really look at everything, you know, if if this is all a story in Hurley's head, um, it does explain a lot of things. Mm -hmm. It really does explain why we have this huge mystery with these numbers and, you know, why... Every single little bit of information we have regarding those numbers is somehow linked to Hurley's past. Yeah. Every single bit of, I mean, other than Rousseau and her team being brought to the island because right. of the numbers. But even that is, it's easy to see how Hurley could make up that story in his mind. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Know? So it explains that the number thing right away. Mm-hmm. Um, it explains, you know, um, You know, Hurley was definitely had some mental issues in the first place. So oh, it's, yeah. it's not a big stretch to believe that this is happening in his head. Right. But my biggest problem with the whole idea is it really cheapens everything that's happened. Oh, yeah. It makes it, it's a very cheap, you know, solution if that mm-hmm. were the case. You know, the whole stories of everybody else with Jack and Kate and all of that stuff, right. those instantly become meaningless. Yeah. Because if they're just somebody's mental ideas, who cares, you know? Mm-hmm. So I never liked that aspect of the idea. Um, but I think that really it's, it's just meant to be, you know, this kind of one episode break from the story. Yeah. To me anyway. Yeah. I mean, obviously if, if, if it were some kind of like, you know, um, subconscious type, uh, matrix thing that we have going on here. Um, I would, I would hope to think that they all were in that state and they were mm-hmm. all, they were all, you know, working out their own issues right. individually. But it, like you said, it's kind of like, um, I mean, another thing that kind of lends me to think that is the, the whispers mm-hmm. and, and just the fact that, you know, that could be they, them observing from a different level, you right. know? Um, and, and, you know, I don't know, but anyways, if it were that way, I, I think, I'd be a little disappointed because yeah. I, I love the mystery of it being an actual place and mm-hmm. and then going through this stuff. But Right. But what's interesting, though, is if it were all about Hurley, you know, it would make sense why all these other people have these huge problems, but Hurley has this fairly normal life, mm-hmm. doesn't have these big issues that he's trying to overcome. That's true. Um, you would think that that would be the case in a story that was totally, you know, a self-centered story oh, yeah. being fabricated in somebody's definitely. head. Definitely, definitely. But the the last thing, though, was this whole Libby mm-hmm. thing. And, like, if you think about it, you know, she was in the asylum with him 
before. Yeah. She she was looking at him in the scene that they showed. She was staring over oh, at yeah. him doing something. And so it's almost like she had a connection to him before. Yeah. Like she knew who he was, maybe even liked him then. Mm-hmm. But what is so interesting to think about is what has happened since then. Why is she now, you know, a psychologist? Why did she happen to be on this same plane mm-hmm. that he was on? It's almost like was she following him? Yeah. Or yeah. like, you know, stalking him or something? Right. It definitely, you know, to me it's it messes with my head because now her being on that flight, you know, does it doesn't make sense. I mean, that they'd be from the same place mm-hmm. and being on the same, you know, on the same flight. Like um it doesn't add up to me. I mean, that's yeah. too coincidental. You yeah. Know, it's like, yeah, either she, she knew he was on the a flight and she was following him mm-hmm. or something. There had to be, has to be some kind somebody of made the decision to be on the, the plane. Those two to be on the plane at the same time. Yeah, definitely. Which, yeah, it's so interesting. And I mean, it is a huge stretch to imagine her having been in that asylum at some point. All right. I mean, it's it really, mind-blowing like it's so not what you expect oh yeah definitely not and i mean they better have a good explanation for it too is all i can say <laughs> unless this was just another thing that was in hurley's mind right like, yeah like you know he made the comment about remembering her from somewhere and maybe this is like his mind reconciling that like well maybe i knew her from the asylum and it's right. just kind of a scene he created in his own head I don't think that's it. No, I mean, I do. I, I do want to hear like, I mean, hopefully they show us Libby's story. You know, yeah, it's like, right. That's what I want to know. It's like, okay, why, why was she in there? And was it one of those things where somebody, she was helped so much that it changed her life that that's what she wanted to do, you know, yeah. it's, but I don't know. It's, yeah. I don't either. It's, it's crazy. It's a, yeah, definitely a great episode. Did you have anything else that you want to talk about before we get to the emails? No, I think that was it. All my, all my notes we covered. So, Okay. Well, our first email here is from Honor. He says, uh, my name is Honor and I live in Canada. I love Lost and I think you guys make a really great podcast. Uh, He says, you guys talk about the rain a fair bit. It always seems to come when something bad is about to happen. Uh, John Locke seems to know a lot more about the island than any of the other Losties. He also seems to be able to predict when it's about to rain. In the episode, All the Best Cowboys Have Daddy Issues, in season one, Boone and Locke are talking to each other while they research, while they while they search for Claire, uh, something during the conversation, or sometime during the conversation, Locke out of the blue looks to the sky and says, "Gonna start raining in one minute, give or take a few seconds," and surely a minute later it starts to rain. And when we see Jack and Kate again, Ethan is back and beats up on Jack. They also find Charlie, who appears to be dead. If Locke knows when it's going to rain, does he know when bad things happen? Mm. Um, Why does he know when it's going to rain? When the island gives no natural sign that a rain cloud is overhead, why would the island have given this power to Locke? Anyway, just a thought. Good luck with the show. And thanks, Honor, for sending that. Yeah, we've we've made lots of comments about the rain. And not so much about Locke's ability to predict it, but we've definitely made the comments that anytime something bad is happening or about to happen... The rain comes in. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I I always every time it rains, I I you know peak I you know, perk uh-huh. up and I'm like, okay, what's what's about to happen here? Right. And um, you know, Locke, you know, back in those the episodes he's speaking of, he was like very odd, very you know, I I couldn't really put my finger on, but I I do still feel like he has some kind of connection on. But it seems like since he's gotten to this hatch, mm-hmm. his 
connection to the island hasn't been nearly as mysterious. Mm-hmm. It's like he's okay, got his job, he's doing what he's doing, and that's it. Yeah, you know. And um, before he was very mysterious, trying to find you yeah. know. So just uh, yeah, just a little inside information too about this. There was a lot of a lot of issues in this season from the actor who plays Locke, Terry O'Quinn. Oh, really? He was very unhappy with his character this season because of that. They took all the mystery out of the character and made him very much into a slave of this hatch. Yeah. And he totally felt like that was against Locke's character, in which I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Like, the Locke now is not the same Locke. You know, I don't think finding this hatch was the ultimate goal of his character. No, but it definitely plays into that. You know, it's right. just like, oh, got my job. Yeah. You know. And, he, and the, real, the Locke character they set up in season one would not have you know, laid down that quickly and just like totally invested every single bit of his life just into pushing that button. Right. Yeah. You know, he might have delegated somebody else to do it so he could continue his exploring mm-hmm. or whatever, but it really did seem very different from his yeah. character. That's, that's good information but to know that he, I mean, cause I picked up on it, you know, and I know, uh, you know, as him as an actor, I'm sure he must mm-hmm. have been like, okay, you know, I'm yeah. investing this in this character. I you know. And so. it had to get so old, too, because he does play a very weak character this yeah, season. Yeah, he does. You know, it's pretty much everything he does and says is all about that hatch mm-hmm. in one way or another. And it just it had to get really old for him. Definitely. Well, we have another email here from Debbie. Uh, she says, hey, Anton and Evan, I'm writing this the morning of the 21st. No mystery what I'll be doing tonight. And she smiles. Super Bowl. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> She says, the Torah says that the sins of the father will be visited upon the son. And while this is a running theme in the show, it is John Locke where this is most apparent. It is painful to watch a middle-aged man still clamoring for the love and acceptance of a man who is clearly unworthy of John's attention. And in this episode, he loses his true love, Helen, over this obsession. I want to yell at the TV. He is not worth it. And I should mention this is all about our last episode, Lockdown. Um, But she continues here, "Um, but what do I know? I have never, not for one day of my life, doubted that my parents valued and cherished me, that they took their responsibilities to their children, each other, and God very seriously. So what must it be like for a man like Locke with such a gaping father wound? Many of us out there have to guess at what, what he's going through. Because of the sins of the father and mother are visited upon the sons and daughters to the third and fourth generations. But the mercies of God extend for a thousand generations. I am blessed to have gotten the better part of that bargain. Love the podcast, Debbie. Great email. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a great point. Um, Locke has been given a really rough deal, mm-hmm. you know, from what we've seen so far. Definitely. And just, you know, he clearly has devoted most of his life to seeking that approval from Anthony Cooper, even though he totally didn't deserve it. And it's like, you know, it almost feels like or seems like Locke getting to this island was almost a reward for yeah, that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because you don't hear any talk about Cooper or Anthony no, Cooper on this island at not all. not at all. And it's almost like, you know, Locke has gotten something that allows him to be the person he's meant to be and get past all of that stuff. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, great, great email there. And if you'd like to send an email to us, you can send it to info at lostmysterypodcast.com or you can call the listener line at 765-439-4190. Anything else you have? Nope. It was a great episode, though. Yeah, wonderful episode. And uh, we're getting so close to the end of the season here. I'm getting really excited. Uh, So uh, on Wednesday, we'll be discussing SOS, which is a Rose and Bernard-centric episode. 
And uh, we learned uh, quite a few things about Rose and Bernard, which will be really, really interesting to finally get to talk about them a little bit. But until then, we hope you all have a wonderful day, and we will talk to you later.